Hello and welcome to today's VJ Hemonk podcast. We are a global open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematological oncology. In today's podcast, you will hear from experts who discuss the role of CAR T cells and bispecific antibodies in the treatment of relapsed refractory diffuse large B cell lymphoma. First, Manali Kamda shares some insights into treatment options available to these patients, commenting on the value of CAR-T therapy in the second and third line settings, as well as the benefit of bispecifics and antibody drug conjugates. So relapse refractory diffuse large B-cell lymphoma has been the unmet need for several years. Um, in the past, autotransplant was um, the goal for most patients because it did offer a 40% chance of cure. But as we all know, not everybody is transplant eligible. And of the transplant intended patients, only about half of those achieve chemosensitivity to be taken to an autotransplant. Besides high risk patients such as primary refractory, early relapse diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, they seldom gain any benefit from an autotransplant and thus there was a huge unmet need in the third line space after failure of autotransplant or for patients who did not really respond to second line treatments um, and that's where CD19 directed CAR T cell therapy um, has created a huge uh, change in making the needle move forward with regards to a potential 40% cure for those patients who go through CAR T cell therapy in the third line space um, so in my opinion I think CAR T cell therapy is probably the biggest advance of the decade for patients with relapse refractory diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. And given how wonderfully well they have uh, responded, um, CAR T-cell therapy has demonstrated response. It was intuitive to take it in the second line space. And now we have CAR T-cell therapies approved in the second line high-risk relapse refractory diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. And thus now creates a new challenge for us, which is what to do with patients whose cancers do come back after being treated with CAR T-cell therapy or patients who are not CAR-T eligible as a result of the manufacturing time wait, line, wait or as a result of inability to get to an academic center or as a result of uh, just being CAR-T ineligible uh, because of the economic toxicity. And I think uh, for those patients, we have hope now in the form of several other agents. And I think uh, top of the line here would be CD20 directed by specific T-cell engagers. Epcorotumab um, gained FDA approval just a few weeks ago uh, for patients in the third line diffuse large B-cell lymphoma setting. And in this, um, with this agent, uh, the responses are robust, the responses are durable, so long-term follow-up is, of course, very welcome. Um, besides um, bites, I think I'm very um, pumped about other agents such as antibody drug conjugates, such as long um, antibodies such as tafacitimab in combination with immunomodulators like lenalidomide. Um, and um, I think only clinical trials are going to help us pave the way forward. Um, there is a lot of activity with regards to multiple other novel agents that are coming down the pike uh, for our patients with relapse refractory diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. Next, Anna Sarida compares the benefits and drawbacks of CAR-T therapy and bispecific antibodies in the treatment of relapsed refractory disease. So we, we don't have uh, prospective randomized clinical trials uh, comparing head-to-head -head both treatment strategies. Um, and as usually happens, there might be some advantages and disadvantages of using one strategy to the uh, with respect to the other one. Of course, if we talk, now we are talking about third-liner plus, CAR-T versus biospecifics. Uh, so with CAR-T, we have more 
uh, consolidated data in terms of long-term follow-up uh, with respect or in relation to biospecifics. And we know that CAR-Ts, autologous CD19 CAR-Ts are able to cure around 35 to 40% of these patients that fail at least two prior lines of, of therapy. Um, in addition to that, CAR-Ts represent a one-shot treatment, while biospecifics represent multiple doses, either with a fixed dose do uh, duration, for instance, glofitamab, or with, um, let's say, treatment until disease progression or toxicity, which is the case of epcoritamab. So that would be also a benefit uh, for CAR-Ts. Um, uh, with respect to biospecifics, I have mentioned the long-term follow-up that we have with CAR-T. The long-term follow-up uh, is not so long with biospecifics, so the data in terms of duration of response and progression-free survival is not so consolidated. So this might be, uh, let's say, um, a factor basically favoring CAR-T more than biospecifics. Um, but biospecifics are safer, are better tolerated, and the toxicity profile is better than with CAR-T. This is one aspect that might benefit biospecifics. And of course, when we talk about CAR-T, we have to talk about the problem of accessibility and also the price. We don't know how accessible are going to be biospecifics when they come into the market. We don't know the price of biospecific, but most probably biospecifics uh, will have a better accessibility into the market when they come or when they are approved uh, by the agencies and reimbursed by the different countries. And probably this is going to be a benefit of biospecifics in front of CARTIS. Lastly, you will hear from Gloria Iacoboni, who compares the efficacy and curative potential of CAR-T therapy and bispecific antibodies in relapsed refractory diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, highlighting findings from recent clinical trials. Are bispecific antibodies leading us to potential cure in relapsed refractory large B-cell lymphoma? Could they potentially be a better option than CAR-T cell therapy? Um, and this, I think, is a very interesting topic. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's, we have to be thankful to have more than one option for relapsed refractory diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. That's one of the key points. So it's better to have two options than one. In any case, uh, regarding these two treatment strategies, I think that CAR-T cell therapy um, has more mature data in terms of follow-up, in terms of included patients, in terms of randomized trials, real-world data, uh, which supports its use before by specific antibodies. So now we know that approximately 40% of patients who receive access cell in the third-line setting could be potentially cured now that we have the five-year follow-up of the Zuma-1 trial. And we've seen uh, very recently at ASCO that the Zuma-7 trial, randomizing refractory or early relapse diffuse large B-cell lymphoma patients to access cell or standard of care with immunochemotherapy and autologous stem cell transplant, there was a survival advantage for those patients who received access cell over those who received standard of care even taking into account that more than 50% of patients in the standard of care arm eventually received CAR-T cell therapy when they progressed to their chemotherapy branch. So even taking that into account, that is to say a crossover-like uh, situation, because crossover is not formally allowed in the trial, but they received the other treatment off trial, there was still a survival advantage for those who received access cell earlier in the second line setting. So 
we have to confirm with this randomized trial, with the Zuma 1 data, with a long mature follow-up, with a high number of patients treated in the real-world setting outside of the clinical trial setting. CAR T-cell therapy has curative potential. Bispecific antibodies are not there yet. They have not proven this. Uh, longest follow-up is approximately one to two years, and many trials have indefinite treatment. Um, the glofitumab trial uh, did have a limit of approximately 12 cycles, eight months, but uh, the epcaritumab and other bispecific antibody trials had prolonged treatment. So I think we still have to see if patients go off bispecific antibody treatment. Is the complete remission maintained over time? We don't have the answer to that yet, so I think we still have to prioritize CAR T-cell therapy or bispecific antibodies, and we will definitely have to uh, go back to this question, review this question in a few years when we have more data with patients with bispecific antibodies outside the clinical trial setting and with longer follow-up of the treatment discontinuation. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJ Hemonk and subscribe to VJ Hemonk Podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Podbean. Until next time.